Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm your host, Jordan Hill. Got the whole crew with us this week, Rusty Mansell and Kip Adams. And, uh, fellas, I don't know how the weather is where you guys are today on this Monday. Uh, a little bit rainy here in Athens, but uh, as crazy as it sounds, uh, we are nine practices through for Georgia Spring Ball, only six to go, including G-Day. And, Rusty, can you believe it that uh, we are we already past the halfway point when it comes to spring practice? Yeah, I can imagine those kids will probably hit the wall. I mean, you're Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday um, – you know, it's not it's not easy playing football at University of Georgia. I mean, it's Kirby doesn't sugarcoat that, and they tell the recruits they want the recruits to see practices and stuff. So, you know, you go through a 15 game season, you end in mid January, go through a lot emotionally, have an off season, and uh, they probably at that point now. And I made a note, I think yesterday on the board, this is to me, this is kind of the scrimmage of the spring coming up. It's the second one. I think G-Day is a little more scripted type deal. Kirby's not going to show a ton. But I think, you know, what we see out of this coming week, this Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday practices, are going to give us a really good gauge of kind of who is where and who's had a – what I think's kind of taking a step forward in spring at certain positions. Kip, uh, what have you thought of uh, what we've learned so far this spring and, and knowing that uh, we're only a couple weeks away at this point till G-Day? I can't say we're really surprised. I mean, when, you know, Kirby's comments on quarterbacks the other day, no one should be really shocked by by what he said. But at the same time, I know that, you know, we've kind of talked about the, you know, the quarterback battle is probably going to go into fall. And when you have three quarterbacks on your roster as talented as Georgia has, and you have that transfer portal, there are some that might say, well, of course it's going to go into the fall. Why would he, you know, why would he name a starter now? You know, there is the other aspect of this is that if, if you kind of know if somebody's really separated themselves, you want to get them as many first team reps as you can. And again, we saw with Stetson Bennett how valuable that was for him when he was, you know, actually known as the starter. Uh, just that step that he was able to take that offseason, how important that is. So, you know, these first team reps are valuable. And but the, at the same time, the fact that, you know, Maybe Carson or Brock hasn't separated themselves. You, you shouldn't look at that as a negative, in my opinion. I just think right now uh, it, it's really talented quarterbacks going against a really talented defense. It's going to be hard, hard for one of these guys just to light the world on fire compared to 
to the other guys. So, uh, you know, it's it's kind of status quo, which is to say that you, you got guys that are, are just battling it out. And I think, uh, you know, that's one of those things that we're all going to watch that on April 15th and, and, you know, make our snap judgments there and, and overreact to all of that. But uh, I, I think it's probably what Kirby wants these guys to, to continue to compete and, and to know that they're probably going to continue to compete this fall. So the majority of today's episode, we're going to talk about what we learned and what we've heard about Georgia's first scrimmage, which was last Saturday, uh, first of three scrimmages, including G-Day. And I'll start with you, Russie. You had some really good notes, really good nuggets on our board about things you'd heard, things we have learned from that scrimmage. What were your biggest takeaways from what you've heard, uh, what some of those Bulldogs were able to do in that first scrimmage? You're muted, Russ. I think Georgia fans, sorry, I think Georgia fans know what they have in Brock Bowers. And uh, you're not hearing his name much because he's probably they're, – they're protecting him a little bit, cruise control. But you look at Lawson Lucky, you know, a freshman who just got here in January. And, you know, from all purposes, we're hearing he had three touchdowns on Saturday and from multiple quarterbacks. So, that tells you that they like him. They trust him already. He's a guy. And that's good with Oscar Delp as well, a proven guy from last year. So I think the tight end room continues to be a strength for Todd Hartley. I think, you know, the quarterback play is, is critiqued so much, you know, and under a new offensive coordinator kind of, you know, kind of finding out where everybody is with this deal, what you do the best, what Bobo likes out of each one of these guys. So were well, there some interceptions? Yes, there were some interceptions thrown on Saturday, but that's not panic time. Uh, you do like that uh, I was told Javon Bullard basically come across the field on a zone play, snagged one in the middle of the field and took it to the house. And uh, Malachi Starks, who was freshman All-American last year, you know, he had a he had a pick and Dalen Everett had a pick. So you like to hear those kind of, you know, creating turnovers from the defensive side. But the last thing I'll mention is, you know, Georgia is dangerously thin at running back. Um, so when they go Branson Robinson and you know, say Dejon Edwards on one team, you got Roderick Robinson and, and some walk-ons on the other ones. Uh, but you look at you look at Roderick Robinson, the freshman out of San Diego, again, 235-pound, 238-pound, uh, somewhere in that range running back. And I talked to two people that were at that scrimmage on Saturday, and both people were like, man, that number zero, and I'm like, that's Roderick Robinson. They're like, that guy is just toting people. Like, he is dragging people around. He's moving to change. One guy told me, he goes, look, he gets the ball, he falls for four yards. So, you know, in this league where first downs are a premium, the ability to run the football and to move the chains in a game in, in, in the SEC on Saturdays is the most important thing, to extend drives. You don't get a ton of chunk plays. You've got to be able to extend drives. And they're adding a freshman, man, uh, you know. And uh, from what I've told, man, he carries that weight really good. I mean, he that's what he's going to play. He's going to play in that 230, 235-pound frame, and uh, he's carrying it well. Yeah, Kendall Milton joked with us at the start of spring and said that he's been warning Rod that they're going to move him to fullback if he ain't careful. But it sounds like he's he's carrying that weight well and, and playing well. Uh, and I wanted to talk about, because I went and looked up this quote, talking about the quarterbacks. You know, everybody – uh, you know, we're going to analyze everything, and you can bet after G-Day we're going to be breaking down every throw and saying what was good and what was bad. Um, but, you know, when it comes to Brock Vandergriff, you know, when we talked to Kendall Milton, who I just mentioned, you know, he talked about his legs and his ability to move around in the pocket. And I went back the day after the national championship, 
Kirby was asked about, you know, having Coach Stetson, does uh, anything about having Coach Stetson change the way you evaluate quarterbacks? And the thing that Kirby said was, well, you know, maybe put a little bit more weight into mobility. So that, that sort of, when it comes to Brock, is, is really interesting to me. I can't help but think back to that quote because, you know, it seems like just based on everything we've heard and seen that Brock is doing his part to stay right there with Carson. And, uh, you know, like we've said, this looks like a competition that's not going to be done anytime soon. Also, doesn't get mentioned enough, but I heard Gunnar Stockton had two really good runs that were not designed runs that he was kind of off platform. So, you know, he's another guy with a big arm. He's not the biggest dude. Um, he's probably six foot, um, you know, and and he, but he definitely uh, has the legs to hurt you. And watched him do that. He has really thick lower body uh, as a quarterback. So, you know, running's a big part of his game. And he, you know, we didn't really talk a lot about him, but when he got his chance on Saturday, couple throws and uh, I think he had a six, 10 yard touchdown pass. And then he had a couple of uh, chunk plays running the ball. Yeah, no doubt that they've got talent, honestly, in all three of those quarterbacks. I wanted to just talk about some of the other things. You know, we got a chance to talk to Kirby. That's the first time we've talked to Kirby since Pro Day, and that's been, uh, you know, a little bit less than a month. So good getting a little insight from Kirby. Talking about the scrimmage as a whole, you know, he said it's a lot like he's seen in his previous seven years at Georgia, that first scrimmage, a little rough. Said it was a little more lackadaisical than he would have wanted, maybe some more penalties than he's used to in that first scrimmage. Um, but he talked about a lot of different positions. We had a chance to pick his brain on a few different spots. Um, I asked him about outside linebacker because that's Jordan, how, long, how, long you, how long you cover Kirby? Not interrupt. How long you yeah. cover Kirby? Uh, so I had one year. So this uh, is my third year, I guess. I can, go ahead, I, can go ahead, I can go ahead and tell you how these spring press conference is going to go. And that dude's not going to walk in here and go, damn, I'm so proud. I'm so happy. We're way ahead of the sticks. This is not going to happen. We have, I, I heard so much reaction from people. And I'm sure you see it in your mentions, like a oh, panic mode and all that kind of stuff. Look, Kirby Smart, but that's not the way. You know, he's always going to find a way. Hell, he had this team thinking they were underdogs all year last year. I mean, they were number one from wire to wire, and somehow they thought people were saying they were going to go seven and five. So kudos to Kirby Smart. Yeah, Kip and I can both attest to this. We got a message from somebody about a quote from what Kirby said, not happy with practice, and we were like, stand down. This is not a big deal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, some of the things he talked about outside linebacker, you know, obviously they were already in an interesting spot, losing Nolan Smith and Robert Bill. Uh, and then you have Jalen Walker uh, and Marvin Jones Jr. having surgery beforehand. And uh, Kirby described it as green as he's ever seen that position just because there's so much inexperience, really practically no experience besides Chaz Chambliss. So I thought that was interesting. Cornerback battle, you know, he listed, I think, five different names, the guys that are competing there. Uh, Dalen Everett, who uh, I think Rusty mentioned earlier, had a pick uh, in that scrimmage on Saturday. Nylon Green, uh, Julian Humphrey. Uh, I also mentioned Smoke Bowie and A.J. Harris, among those guys fighting there. Uh, running back, you know, he talked about uh, Branson Robinson, the, the progress he's made, and he's somebody that I'm really interested in that, you know, to follow once really we get into the season just to see what kind of role he has. Um, a lot of really interesting nuggets, I thought, you know, for Kirby being, uh, you know, a little bit guarded, which all the coaches are, uh, especially when it comes to spring ball and, and having a lot of work left to do. thought he gave us a lot of really good information, talked about the transfers as well and, and some of the stuff that uh, they've seen from those guys to this point. Uh, Kip, anything uh, of note or anything that really drew your attention from what Kirby had to say Saturday 
um, and just really where this team is as a whole uh, as we got six practices to go. Yeah, I think we, you know, just the the fact that they might be moving, uh, you know, Javon Bullard around, you know, his versatility in the secondary, the fact that he compared him to Chris Smith, you know, a guy that, uh, you know, played a little bit the first two years, but then kind of came into his own as a playmaker and, and left as an All-American. And so, you know, the one thing we knew about Javon Bullard early on is, you know, he he's not afraid to, to light you up, to lower that shoulder and, and, and deliver a big hit, which... Honestly, Chris Smith, even though, well, we, you know, we knew at the combine he wasn't going to measure in big and, it, you know, the, the size there isn't going to, you know, blow anyone away. But he was not afraid either. You know, he, he, would, he would lower that shoulder and, and, and tackle anyone in front of him. And that's just that's the mentality that Javon Bullard came in with, you know, just a football player, a guy that is willing to do whatever it is, do the dirty work, you know, make and can make plays as well. But it's just a guy that's fearless, you know, whatever you ask him to do, he's just going to do it. And those are the kind of players that, you know, Kirby Smart loves those kind of guys. And I mean, he probably sees a little bit of himself in there as well, but just a, a guy that can be, a, is going to be asked now with Chris Smith gone to be more of a playmaker. And, and so whether that's at safety or, or, you know, whether that's at the star position, I just think it's really intriguing now that they're, they're kind of giving him an opportunity to see if he can be versatile enough for them because, they're not sure who the other safety is going to be. You know, you got Malachi Starks there, you know, who had a breakout freshman season. But, you know, is Dan Jackson going to be the other safety there? Are you going to have, you know, Joel Aguero coming in as a true freshman and being that guy? Are you going to, you know, is Heike Smith now healthy enough to, you know, the transfer in West Virginia to, to really step into a starting position? You're not sure which one of those guys is going to be the other guys. He, you might have to use multiple guys depending on what look you want or, you know, you might have to move, uh, you know, bullet around, you know, from game to game. So this spring's really big for him as they try to get him in different positions, see how comfortable he is out there. And and I think that so far it sounds like he's doing a really good job out there. I think he's one of those guys, you know, huge stock up, but already, you know, coming off a, a big season, especially late last year, the big plays he made, I think it's really got to be reassuring for them that, you know, he is starting to really, really shine regardless of where they line him up out there. Defensive MVP of both playoff victories for Georgia. Rusty, any thoughts on Javon and, and what kind of seems like a good problem to have for Georgia when it comes to figuring out where he fits best? Yeah, I mean, obviously a player like that, you know, in that defense, I think Kip hit it on the spot there with Chris Smith. If you're going to play for Kirby Smart, you got to be able to play against a run. You got to be able to fit the box. That's just going to, you just cannot play any type of safety position and kind of be hesitant under what, you know, Georgia kind of commands. And Javon Bullard, number one, can cover. And we've seen him do that. And number two, he's physical. And number three, he's a really good tackler. So, uh, you know, wherever you line him up, you got to get the most use out of him. I'm, they blitz him too, as well. So um, you look at Javon Bullard and, and, um, I got to thinking about the summer and some of the names uh, that you're going to start hearing a lot about. Obviously, Michael Williams, when he gets back, and Brock Bowers and Marius Mims. But as the quote unquote, like the national media starts digging into Georgia a little bit, as we approach kind of like SEC media days with jump starts, I think Javon Bullard is going to be one of those guys. And I would not be surprised if Kirby Smart doesn't send him to SEC media days as one, one of the guys, uh, probably with Brock Bowers, but, but um, as two. And that's, you know, yes, at this point, but 
you know, Bull, as he's known to that team, carries a lot of weight in the locker room. And so far, he's continuing to do what he did during the offseason, uh, during, the, during the late in the season, is make plays. Bullard, Bowers, and uh, I would put my money on maybe like Cedric Van Pran. That feels like a trio. I think, I think Van Pran for sure. So yeah. I, would, I would love for Tate to go with that mullet uh, just to, you know, he's got that Nashville look, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yes, uh, to uh, to be decided, no doubt about it. Well, we'll take a quick break and then just wrap this episode up, just talking about what we want to see, what's left of spring, and obviously in the Winchie Day. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back, everybody. Well, at this point, we got six practices to go. Uh, Tuesday will be the next one for Georgia, and then obviously that's going to culminate with G-Day on Saturday, April 15th. And Rusty, I thought you made a really good point earlier about this next scrimmage on Saturday. The fact that, you know, they're probably not going to want to show us a ton, and especially all the fans, everybody who's going to be watching at G-Day. But when it comes to this next scrimmage and also just with what's left of spring, what interests you the most? What are you really keeping an eye on when it comes to this team? Well, the most important thing is no news is good news on the injury front. You want to get through spring. You don't want to have any kind of things go on. You want to kind of finish. But, you know, I don't know. I want to see. It's been kind of quiet from from my end, kind of on the wide receiver front. Like, who who else has taken that step with long? You know, it's Dylan Bell, that guy. You know, I think Ra Ra Thomas is, is starting to get into – a little more comfortable in the Georgia Bulldog way. When I say they practice hard at University of Georgia, they, they practice hard. They don't care who you are and where you came from. There's a standard at Georgia. I think he's learning that. And I think, you know, I'm interested in how he comes on. I'm hearing he's doing well. Uh, Dominic Lovett's a guy, obviously. So, you know, wide receiver-wise, you want to see Yazid Haynes is a guy that we mentioned uh, had, you know, a little bit of buzz on Saturday. He's a freshman out of the Philly area. So, I think you just want to see these guys um, – you know, here, let's hear. Let's see some explosive plays and see if we can hear that. Uh, I, I did hear that last Thursday that Carson Beck had two really good long balls to Lad McConkey. I believe was one. So you know, you look at these guys and you know, explosive plays. Who, who's those guys that kind of are starting? We have put so much focus on the quarterbacks. At the end of the day, they got to have targets. Can these guys separate? No types of things. So really, my focus this week is kind of. What we're hearing on the wide receiver race uh, going to going into what I think is probably again the most important scrimmage of the spring, which will be this Saturday in Sanford Stadium. Mentioning Rara Thomas, I thought it was interesting that Kirby pointed out that he's shown he's got an ability to make plays downfield, and you know that was something that Kirby emphasized. So watching him and really the rest of that group, and they are so deep at receiver. I think Kirby mentioned that when he was talking about the quarterbacks that. You know, with a guy like Gunnar Stockton, who's running with a lot of the threes, he's working with some pretty talented t- uh, receivers, yeah. I should say, yep. you know, at the threes, which Kirby said, you know, compared to the past, that's not always the case. They are so deep at receiver. Yeah, those transfers. And then you got some guys that came back, obviously, lad come back. I don't think people realize how close, and I didn't really know this until we got to L.A., how close Lad McConkey was to leaving. Like, I-, I would be willing to say that going into L.A., that I think he was leaning on leaving. Um, 
and then winds up staying. So that kind of caught me off guard. But you, know, you got a guy like that come back, and he's getting he's more healthy now. Uh, obviously, didn't finish a year healthy, but it's funny we sit here. You know, me and Kip have dealt with the board. And, you know, when you when you write a lad McConkey commitment, that doesn't really. Get the, doesn't get the juice, you know what I mean? And um, when you write a story, the lad McConkey's coming back, and the whole basically the whole board's group hugging. You know, it's kind of life comes full circle at you. My favorite thing is seeing that old uh, board post get bumped every once Stetson in a while. That's Bennett. The Stetson Bennett one kept a dig in there, and, and uh, <laughs> the comments for about the first hour on that Stetson Bennett commitment is, I mean, it is. I mean, they're so pissed. Like that was the. Aubrey Solomon year, and they're like, we're taking this guy over a, you know, a five-star D lineman, and at the end of the day, this guy left Georgia with two national championships. So you just, you just never know. You I, never, think they, yeah. I think they thought it might be Trey Sanders. Remember, they're like, oh, they're getting Trey mm-hmm. Sanders. It's the internet. Yeah. The internet always keeps receipts, and I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, between Lad and Stetson, there's been plenty of opportunities for those the last couple of years. I think at one point they had talked themselves into Garrison Hurst coming back for one last year at one point. So I I knew it kind of got out of control once I got home and Kip had texted me it's like, oh, boy, have you seen this three? And I'm like, we're about to get him. So when he committed about an hour later, uh, it really got it really got good. You just never know. There's no doubt yeah. about that. Uh, Kip, but what's left of spring? What are you looking for? What What intrigues you the most and the things you're going to be keeping an eye on? Well, I hate to keep it at the same position, but I've had my eye on a couple other guys. I think, you know, it's we talk about breakout players and we talk about newcomers. It's always the freshman or or maybe the redshirt freshman. And now this year with with the transfers, you know, it's it's you want to see new faces because, you you know, these are the the guys that are usually most exciting to fans. The backups, quarterbacks, always the most popular player and the, the incoming freshman and transfers. But. You know, the one thing that Kirby Smart's kind of established is the culture of his program is that he's making sure his players buy into you might not, you know, you might not play year one. And you might, you know, he talks about how important special teams are because that's the developing ground for his players. And so you get some of these, you know, so-called old men on campus that are forgotten. And, you know, guys like near Zero Stackhouse last year, not, you know, playing behind a bunch of NFL guys and then getting his chance. And now – I mean, he's set up for a contract year, you know. So, for me, the breakout year might be for some of these older guys. And, you know, one of them, you know, we, we've been talking about it just kind of like with James Cook those first couple of years. It was always the thought of him was greater than what – you never really got to see what he could do until that last year, which, again, had one of the best uh, all-around performances from a running back, you know, in the SEC the last couple of years. Well, Arian Smith's one of those guys, you know. Can he stay healthy? Because what he physically brings to the table is is something that they don't have from anyone in that wide receiver room. It's that combination of just the his explosiveness, that that uh, outstanding track speed. But I mean, he he's an outstanding receiver as well. Great body control, and you saw a little bit, a bit about uh, that at the pro day. I mean, he had some impressive catches out there. We're like, okay, yeah, I for, you know we're forgetting about him because this room is so deep now, and he hasn't been able to really consistently stay on the field well again if he can do that uh he can play a big role in this offense and again give them something they don't have and then kind of staying with that uh you know marcus rosemey jack saint again at pro day making outstanding catches like we're like oh yeah i forgot he might have the strongest hands on the team you know and ad mitchell's you know gone to texas 
you know, what, what are they going to do with that ex uh, receiver position? Everyone's kind of penciled in Ra Ra Thomas. You know, he's he's got that size. He's done it at Mississippi State. Okay, but Marcus Rosen Jackson is a guy that I think is really set up for a breakout season. He's put in the time. He's already earned their trust as far as being a blocker. He's got outstanding hands. It did seem like every time he made a catch last season and the season before, before he got hurt, it was a big-time catch, you know, back-of-the-end-zone type guy, you know, across the middle of the field, fearless. I think he has a chance to take that next step, be a more dynamic threat. You know, can he get consistent separation in the SEC? That will be the, the question, but I still think overall – I think he's set up for a big year for Georgia. I think those are two of the, the older guys in that wide receiver room that you don't want to forget about. And maybe on G-Day, they might remind you, hey, we're still here and, and we're set up for big things at Georgia. And mentioning Arian Smith, if you remember last G-Day, he kind of re-emerged with that 60-yard catch from Carson Beck. And I just want to read a quote he had. We talked to him last week and asked him about the Peach Bowl, you know, having that touchdown. And uh, he said it meant a lot. And then he said, I'm sure y'all enjoyed it as much as I did, just with a big smile on his face. But uh, great quote. He was a great interview that day. Uh, I think the only other position I would throw out there and uh, one that uh, I wrote about uh, on Monday morning is just left tackle. And it's just, to me, having Austin Blasky and Ernest Green, two very different players, but um, the potential for either one of those, uh, just see what they're able to do, especially to see them at G-Day and, you know, even what we might see as far as the lineup on G-Day uh, with who's running with the red team, who's running with the black team, might not necessarily tell us everything, but uh, I, I'm really intrigued just because those guys are two very different guys just to see uh, what we can find out about those guys and how they're able to perform by the time we get to G-Day. Um, so, uh, you I think I they think... run out Austin at first team left tackle, and then on the other team he's playing backup center? You just let him do everything. He may be up in the stands selling popcorn. It sounds like he's a guy that can move around and do a little bit of everything. Well, on that note, I think we're going to wrap up this episode. Appreciate everybody who tuned in and checked us out. Be sure to keep an eye out this week. Uh, we'll have um, the info from Tuesday and Thursday when we get a chance to talk to some players. And then keep an eye out on Saturday. We're going to do our best to get some notes together from this second scrimmage. As Rusty mentioned, a very important scrimmage as we get closer and closer to G-Day. So we're going to wrap up the episode here for Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell. I'm Jordan Hill. Appreciate everybody who tuned in and checked this out. And until next time, take care. Praise the Lord.